chapter thirty four of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter thirty four the certificate for answer mammy wet a towel and laid it on beverly's hot forehead that child's out of his haid she remarked under her breath to uncle reuben beverly tore the towel off and threw it from him i am not out of my head i tell you he said you treat me as if i were a child mammy lois chandler is my wife my wife we were married last winter before i went south it's true i tell you his vehemence was carrying conviction to their minds but mammy would not accept it meekly her whole soul rose in rebellion at this ignoble alliance for a trevilian in god's name marse beverly what did you do it fur mammy i loved her i felt afraid i might not get back and i could not go away without feeling that she would have the protection of my name if anything happened to me i meant it right god knows i meant it right but i'm afraid i did wrong go and get her he cried feverishly bring her to me poor child homeless and fatherless and oh mammy take her to your heart she needs you go long said mammy to uncle reuben the tears rolling down her cheeks bring all her traps tell her mammy's got a place for her de lord knows whar it'll be she added to herself when the old man was gone and beverly quieted down mammy went to the bed she had been doing some pretty logical thinking for one not acquainted with the syllogism the honor of the family demanded that this marriage be substantiated marse beverly she said changing the cloth on his head is you got any paper to show you and dat girl was married yes he looked up eagerly i came up here all the way from arkansas to get it i didn't think of it at first we didn't either of us it was all so hurried but when i got to thinking about it down there and specially lately i knew we ought to have it and so i came back mammy i was going to tell father and mother all about it but you know how that went i was too late yes honey said mammy soothingly i know and bout de paper she was afraid he would lapse into sleep or unconsciousness before she found out i went down to old mr marvin's for it last night he was the one that married us and i was bringing it to show to you and tell you about it i thought if anything happened to lois or to me it would be better for you to know about it and you could tell mother what i said and then the man shot me and i didn't know anything more till i came to and where did you put it honey beverly did not answer he had dropped off to sleep from very weakness mammy gave him a little shake she did not dare to wait whar did you put it marse beverly put what oh yes the paper it's in my pocket my breast he had dropped off again when she was sure he was asleep mammy tiptoed to where his clothes lay she searched the breast pocket and every other pocket turning them inside out and shaking the garments the paper was gone had it ever been there this was the question that raised its head again and again as she watched her charge had he ever had the paper or was this flightiness and if he had had it would other people believe it suppose 
why would anybody want to take a paper like that his watch was gone and his pocket-book it was easy enough to understand that but a paper beverly moved restlessly his wound hurt him and his fever was beginning to rise he opened his eyes as mammy wet the cloth did you find it he panted yes honey mammy said without hesitation i found it hit's put away safe under my bed go to sleep while this search was going on at the cabin lois was receiving her husband's summons and preparing to obey uncle reuben had told her but a modicum of the truth in regard to beverly he had been hurt and she was to come to him that was all except the kindly assurances sent by mammy and the additional ones prompted by his own gentle old heart and so on a mule guided by the old negro beverly trevilian's young wife was brought home to keswick uncle reuben shaking his head and thinking mournfully meanwhile of that other day when he had driven marse william and miss betty in state to the keswick in old albemarle it was a sad enough home-coming from the house of the dead to the house of the dying anybody could see that but they were together at last and there was nobody to dispute her right and youth forgets fear when it has love the day after she came mammy drew her into the other room did she know anything about the paper not a thing lois said beverly had said he was going down to mr marvin's to get it and then was coming back to the house but she had waited and waited and he didn't come it was the next morning that the soldiers came and called her father out and she shuddered and crept close to mammy she did not seem at all disturbed at the failure to find the certificate i don't see what difference it makes anyway she said we know we were married all right by a preacher of course it wasn't the presbyterian preacher but that wouldn't make any difference would it mammy hardly knew but thought not and there were two witnesses who was dey mammy caught at a straw why there was father and you see she broke off i told father all about it i promised gordon lay i would the night he came down to see me and i was afraid to take him in the house for fear father would hear us and we stood out by the big lilac bush and talked how come marse gordon to go down dar demanded mammy why he had had a letter from beverly he said telling him all about our being engaged and asking him if he didn't think everything being so uncertain and all that that the best thing would be for us to be married when he came back the next time beverly had told me once that if we ever should be married secretly he thought it would be better to tell gordon or somebody like that that could be trusted all about it beforehand i'm sure i don't know why if father knew about it but that's what he said humph said mammy at that moment she could hardly forgive old man chandler even in his grave and what did marse gordon say lois gave a half pout why he came straight down there that night as soon as he got home and tried to persuade me never never to do it those were his very words even if beverly did want me to he said it would be a great wrong to both of us to be married secretly but i don't think so at all if we loved each other and i wouldn't promise because beverly can just make me do anything and i knew i wouldn't hold out if he talked to me the way he does sometimes mammy could understand beverly could always wheedle her out of her eyes she looked at lois with more sympathy after this and a better understanding of the situation and then gordon said anyway i must never do anything without telling father and i didn't i told father all about it and he went down to mr marvin's with us so it's all right now 
lois was almost in tears for there was marked disapproval in mammy's looks when was dat marse gordon was down dar oh it was long before we were married lois said she was glad to tell about it her feelings had been so pent up that it was a relief to tell there would have been no stopping the flow now and mammy did not want to stop it she wanted to know it was the very night before the bushwhackers got after him and renee taggart got him off beverly told me all about that and we were not married till nearly the next christmas i had on my who was de other witness interrupted mammy it was mrs marvin mr marvin said we would have to have two and we did so you see it's all right that was just the week before she died i know she was buried on christmas day and a heap she had to be thankful fur when she was groaned mammy it seemed to her just then that life with its complications was a good deal less desirable than a safe sleep like mrs marvin's but the childish recital she had listened to and the ignorance of the world it displayed filled her with a sudden tenderness for the girl go on and lay down honey while he's asleep rests all you can the next day mammy left beverly with uncle reuben and lois and trudged down to mr marvin's she did not tell them where she was going it might all be futile but hit's de only chance day is now to get dat stiff kit she said to herself of course i can't get dat same one but i reckon mr marvin will give me another she was growing hourly more anxious to secure it for beverly was not doing well by the road mr marvin's was some distance from keswick but mammy knew a short cut and took it there were no signs of life about the place when she got there she knocked and only the echoes answered she knocked again and a hungry cat meowed at her feet meowed ravenously then she opened the door and went in and finding no one there pushed on to the kitchen an astonishing sight met her eyes there an hour by sun as she would have said the marvin dishes were unwashed a tallow candle on the table had burned to the socket and gone out through the open door she could see an unmade bed there was evidence on every hand of a hasty departure and in truth there had been when the order came mr marvin the one preacher left in the neighborhood had declared that like mr collins he was going to stick it out but the tragedy at old man chandler's was too much for him he had fled having satisfied herself that the occupant of the house was really gone mammy began to experience a feeling of awe it was like being in the house of the dead she edged toward the door of the front room that she had passed through it was so big and so empty if she had been a catholic she would have crossed herself as it was she talked to the cat with her hand on the door-knob and her foot on the step she drew an easier breath and looked around on the table lay the old leather-backed bible the covers sewed to the back with flax thread it was the sum total of mr marvin's theological library beside it was his inkhorn and quill pen a split-bottomed chair was pushed back from the table and there was another on the other side this was probably where they sat only night before last when the old man wrote the certificate she was so anxious to get then her eyes fell upon something on the floor that made her forget her fears it was a folded paper 
and mammy spread it out on the table and scrutinized every letter then she held it off and viewed it at long range she would have given ten years of her life to have been able to read it but when she had looked it up and down right side and wrong side from near and from far she announced her conviction yas sir dat looked to me for all de world like a stiff kit it was a clear case of mind reading for mammy had never seen a stiff kit beverly was resting easier when she got home and she prepared the frugal supper with brightening spirits lois tiptoed out to see her the girl had been so much alone in all these months that she was glad of the old woman's strength to lean upon and with the proof of the marriage in her pocket and the pathetic child face before her mammy felt the upraised barriers of her heart giving way honey she said taking up the thick cornmeal batter and tossing it from one hand to the other till it was the desired oval what do a stiff kit look like a stiff what asked lois she had been watching the operation with fascinated eyes and was thinking of the consistency of batter a stiff kit de paper you get dat shows you're married oh you mean a certificate dat's what i said do you know what dat look like i never saw one said lois thoughtfully but i suppose it's a paper saying that two people are married and telling when and signed with the preacher's name oh yes there would be the names of the witnesses too would dey be sort of off to dey selves maybe so i don't know why oh nothing i was just studying about it mammy set the oven into which she had put her oval pones on the hearth raked the coals under and around it and covered the lid with hot embers she did it skilfully but the work was mechanical her thoughts were on legal documents dat's a stiff kit show she thought but when lois was eating her supper mammy went out behind the cabin and drew the paper from her capacious pocket examining it with anxious face here's de writin she enumerated and de preacher's name i reckon and off ya to dey selves is de yother two names i reckon dey ain't no doubt bout its bein de stiff kit she had made up her mind on the way home not to give it to lois nor to say anything about it to anybody but uncle reuben mars beverly his mind is at rest anyway she thought and miss lois is such a child she's just as apt to lose it as any other way she ain't got no sponsibility bout de importance of dat paper she think if mars beverly say dey married de whole world bleeged to believe it no sir i ain't gwine take no chances i gwine put dat paper whar it's safe and before she retired she had placed it in the middle of her bed between the straw tick and the feathers miss lois she said the next morning is you ever told anybody bout you and mars beverly bein married not a soul molly driscoll asked me one day if i ever saw beverly nowadays and i told her no that i sometimes saw gordon lay when he came down there to see father but i never saw beverly huh and did mars gordon ever go down dar to see yo pa no but i told her that so that if she ever heard of any man being around there she would think it was gordon i wasn't going to get beverly into trouble you don't reckon it would get marse gordon in trouble do you why of course not said lois in surprise gordon is a federal it wouldn't be strange for him to come to see father but beverly anybody would know that beverly was there to see me did you ever tell anybody else about marse gordon going down to yo all's house lois looked distressed mammy's tone intimated that she had done wrong and lois was not feeling well and could not bear blame i 
i think i told emmons baird she stammered he came down to our house to see father last winter and he asked me if i ever saw anything of gordon lay and i told him yes i saw him whenever he came down there couldn't be any harm in that because it was so he hadn't been down but twice and i saw him both times emmons baird said he saw us that time we were talking down in the woods goodness i hope he didn't see me when i got to crying i look just awful when i cry what was you crying about asked mammy she was thinking aha dat's de time reuben seed em why i had been up to dr lay's for medicine and when i started home gordon walked part of the way with me as far as he dared and he was talking with me about this very thing and trying to persuade me to give it all up till beverly came home to stay you see he didn't know we were married then but he had had a letter from beverly about something and i told him it was too late and then i was so frightened at what i had said that i got to crying but gordon was real nice to me only he kept begging me to let him go over and tell colonel trevilian all about it our being engaged i mean but i wouldn't do it and he just begged me to he said he had a good mind to tell anyway i think it would have been awfully dishonorable in him if he had when he had promised beverly not to don't you humph said mammy it would have been mighty sensible it would have been dishonorable persisted lois i told him so it wasn't his secret it was ours some things is everybody's secret said mammy well this wasn't nobody knew anything about it but just ourselves and father and mr and mrs marvin yes and two of em dead and t'other one runned away thought mammy and beverly made them promise faithfully not to tell it we just wanted it to be a sweet little secret between ourselves we go long out yonder in de yard ordered mammy with a wave toward the door adding as lois looked at her in grieved astonishment and get some fresh air she stood with arms on her hips a picture of exasperation looking after as she went look to me sometimes like she ain't got de sense of a ten-year-old child a sweet little secret huh End of chapter thirty four